Hello, I'm Willie George. I want to welcome you to this edition of the Faith Roots Podcast. And uh, for those of you who have not yet signed up for the email devotionals that come with these, go to myfaithroots.com and you can subscribe right there. And be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and share this with as many people as possible. It'll help me to get the word out and uh, I I hope you'll do that because we want to bless a lot of people. The Word of God is the best way to bless people. It, it is, it's better than giving them money. <laughs> it's is the best way to bless people. Well, let's get into this. What is faith? Spiritual growth is a process. It, it's not an emotion. It's not a feeling. You don't grow when you feel like you've grown. Um, uh, kids cannot tell that they've grown by their feelings. Um, it is a process by which we learn to live by the Word of God as opposed to natural circumstances. In other words, we gauge more of what God uh, is doing for us and how He thinks about us. We gauge it more by the Word than we do what's happening. There are loads of things that happen in life that do not come from God. And I've said this before, and it bears repeating. The Bible is full of stories of people who resisted the circumstances that were sent their way. Well, how did they know to do that? The only way they could know to do that was because of something they had heard in the Word of God, and that's how they resisted. Now, what we see is this journey that Jesus' own apostles had to go on, and uh, Thomas is a great example of this. And this is a week after the resurrection. Thomas was not with the twelve when Jesus had first appeared to them. And so uh, he had said, I'm not going to believe until I see the prints of the nails in his hands. I'm not going to believe until I see where the nail prints went into his feet, until I can put my hand into his side. So let's read this. The Bible says in John's Gospel, chapter uh, 20, verse 24, Now Thomas called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. The other disciples therefore said to him, We've seen the Lord. So he said to them, Unless I see his hands in his hands the print of the nails and put my finger into the print of the nails and put my hand into his side, I will not believe. Basically, he's making a statement. Uh, I will not believe until I have natural physical evidence. And that is not believing. Uh, Believing when you have natural physical evidence is really not believing. Believing is a function of something different. Now let's keep reading. We'll find out what it is. Uh, Verse 26, after eight days, his disciples were again inside and Thomas with them. Jesus came, the doors being shut and stood in the midst and said, Peace be to you. And the first thing he did was address Thomas. Uh, Then he said to Thomas, Reach your finger here and look at my hands, and reach your hand here and put it into my side, and do not be unbelieving but believing. And Thomas answered and said to him, My Lord and my God. And Jesus said, Thomas, because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. So Jesus makes it very clear that uh, our faith is based upon the Word of God and upon a spiritual reality. And actually it is based upon a physical reality. Christ really did rise from the dead. 
Thomas didn't believe it, but he did not make it untrue because he didn't believe it. We don't make it true because we believe it. It really happened. We believe it, and it blesses us. We reject it. We are not blessed by it. And so what I want you to see from this is our faith is based upon a reality, and it is a spiritual reality, and it's also a physical reality. God has not called us to believe things into existence that we build our faith on. Our faith is built on the Word of God. It is a rock, and it's true whether we believe in it or not. So faith does not make a thing true. And understand that you don't make something true because of your faith. Your faith can receive an answer, but you don't make God's Word true because you believe it. Now, our faith embraces what is true before we see the natural evidence. That's why we need faith. We may not yet have natural evidence, but we believe a thing promised by God is true even though we've yet to see it. The promise of God redirects natural events to bring them into alignment with God's will. And that's really the whole purpose of faith. The purpose of faith in God in this earth is, for, and that's not the whole purpose, but, but it, it, its purpose in earth is to redirect the elements of earth to compliance with God's will. That's what faith does here on the earth. Now, it, it has an even greater mission, and that is it connects us to God. We are connected to God by our faith, and, and that, the, you can't trump that. That is the most important thing. But secondarily, our faith has the power to redirect natural elements as they are needed uh, in order to comply with the Word of God. Now, the resurrection of Christ, then, was not true because everybody believed it. It was true whether they believed it or not. And so we don't make a thing true with our faith. Our faith is based upon something that is true. All right, now, I want you to listen to how Peter approaches the subject of the resurrection of Jesus in his first sermon after the resurrection, where he's preaching in a public place. This is the day of Pentecost. He's preaching to at least 3,000 people uh, because 3,000 people come to Christ, and uh, I would say probably several thousand more than that. And listen to what he says. Acts chapter 2, verse 22. Men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested by God to you, by miracles, wonders, and signs which God did through him in your midst as you yourselves also know. This is undeniable. Everybody knew it. Him being delivered by the determined purpose and foreknowledge of God, you have taken by lawless hands, have crucified and put to death whom God raised up having loosed the pains of death because it was not possible that he should be held by it. Now, the word that Peter preached here is that God permitted this. He ordained the death of Jesus. These unbelieving Jews, not all the Jews were against Jesus. In fact, I would say the majority of them were probably for him. But there was a powerful element 
uh, those that were in power in Jerusalem were set against him. And, and not even all of them. There were some exceptions to that. But they pushed on the Romans. The Romans willingly uh, conceded to their wishes, and Jesus was crucified. But the truth of the matter is, we all crucified him. Our sins nailed Christ to the cross. He had to die for our sins. So Peter is not charging these people with a sin that cannot be forgiven. In fact, Christ had already prayed, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. But he's explaining to them that you didn't know what you did. You were used here, but you didn't know what you did. But, he says, God raised Jesus from the dead. Now, you would think that the first thing that Peter would say would be, I saw him, but he doesn't. That isn't his first course of action. In fact, he goes another route. He goes to the Scripture, and he says it wasn't possible for death to hold him. Now, why would Peter say that? He said it's an impossibility for Jesus to stay dead. Here's why. Death can only come because of sin, and because Jesus had no sin, even though he died this had to be corrected because death only has a license to kill a sinner or one who has sinned. That's why we all will die physically uh, if, if we don't live long enough to see Jesus return. If he comes after our death, we will die physically. So death has to come on those who have sinned, but Jesus didn't sin. And he's the only person since Adam who has lived and walked on the earth free of sin. He, he is called the second Adam or the last Adam. And so he has power over death and he is going to be corrected. God corrects the situation and Jesus goes into the grave in faith. Now, how do you go into a grave in faith? You go knowing what the Word of God says, and that's how Jesus was able to die. He knew what the Scripture had to say. So here's what Peter said. For David says concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for he is at my right hand that I may not be shaken. Therefore my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope, for you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One to see corruption. You have made known to me the ways of life. You will make me full of joy in your presence. Jesus says, I am going to rise. Why? Because it is prophesied. It is prophesied, you will not leave your Holy One in Hades, neither will you allow Him to see corruption. Now, this is what Jesus did. He based His going into the grave on the Word of God. He knew that He was going to be raised. He knew that He was going to be brought back up again. And this is the evidence that Peter gives first. He's preaching to a bunch of skeptics, and yet he comes with evidence is Scripture. Now, 2 Timothy 3.16 says, For the Word of God is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, 
That word reproof is also, and in many cases, translated as evidence. He is saying that the scriptures are profitable for evidence. The first evidence that Peter gave of the resurrection of Christ was not the eyewitness testimony. It was the scripture evidence where he said Jesus fulfilled what David said in Psalm chapter 16. He fulfilled it. Now let's keep going. The Bible says, for David says concerning him, I foresaw the Lord always before my face. He's at my right hand. I may not be shaken. Therefore, my heart rejoiced and my tongue was glad. Moreover, my flesh also will rest in hope for you will not leave my soul in Hades, nor will you allow your Holy One see corruption. Now, that's what I wanted to get to. He said, I will not be dead for four days. I will come out of the grave before four days has passed. Because it takes four days for the body to reach that place where it begins to stink. Remember when Lazarus was dead and Jesus went to the place where he was and he told Mary and Martha, I am the resurrection and the life. He said, roll away the stone. And Martha protested and said, Lord, by this time he stinks. He, he's been dead four days already. And this is just before, I'm talking about days before Christ is raised from the dead. This is a little booster of faith that God gave to Jesus in that God showed him, I can raise the dead even after they've reached corruption, but you won't be corrupted. Your body will not begin to rot and decompose. How did he know that? All right. He knows it because of the scripture. Matthew chapter 12, verse 40, this is what Jesus said about himself. For as Jonah was three days and three nights in the belly of the great fish, so will the Son of Man be three days and three nights in the heart of the earth. Jesus knew that the term for him being dead was three days, three nights. That's it. We're not going to the fourth day. We're not going to a place where the body decomposes. It will never decompose. He will be raised from the dead before decomposition really sets in. Now, 1,000 years before this time, 1,000 years before, David understood this. And, and this is what Peter is preaching in Acts chapter 2, verse 29. Men and brethren, let me speak freely to you of the patriarch David, that he's both dead and buried. His tomb is with us to this day. Therefore, being a prophet, that's important, being a prophet, he was speaking on God's behalf when he uttered those words. That was not his own opinion. He was a mouthpiece for God. Being a prophet, knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that the fruit of his body, according to the flesh, he would raise up the Christ to sit on his throne. He, foreseeing this, spoke concerning the resurrection of the Christ, that his soul was not left in Hades, nor did his flesh see corruption. Wow. In other words, David said, I have seen the resurrection of Messiah. He is coming out of my family. He will die, but God will raise him from the dead. Now that is the evidence that Peter used to establish that Christ had been raised from the dead. And there were a lot of people that believed just on that basis. And, and here's why. Because faith cometh by hearing, hearing by the word of God. Now this is interesting to me. Verse 32 at the end of his sermon, he says this, This Jesus God has raised up of which we are all witnesses.
Now, you would think that the eyewitness testimony would be the very first thing that Peter would introduce, but it wasn't. The first thing that he introduced was the Word of God. This is where faith grows from. This is where faith comes from. You want to take people to faith, you give people the Word of God. In addition, he says, it is true, I have seen the Lord, but what he led with was the Word of God. You will have to learn to believe the Word of God over what you even see with your eyes here, with your ears. God's Word is true even when all of our natural circumstances contradict that. Wow. That is what faith is all about. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We're, we're going to keep going in this, and I'm going to explain this even further. I know some of you have questions right now, but we're going to answer them. Just stick with me and watch faithfully every day. Thank you. We'll see you tomorrow.